0: Welcome back to another Avoid the Big podcast. Thank you for taking a break of the Tiger King Marathon. I know you're thoroughly enjoying it, but we're only two days away from the NFL draft, and we have a host of information to talk about. We are bringing on Dan Rivera today to talk about the NFL draft. We go over a ton of different prop bets, some of the best bets that we've made, some of the worst ones that we've made, and how we went about adjusting for that. In full disclosure, during this podcast, news broke that – Gronk wanted to come back and play football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so it may seem a little bit uh, convoluted about how things go on. But we started the podcast knowing he wanted to play football again. During the podcast, news broke that he wanted to play in Tampa Bay. As soon as we concluded, that is when they announced that they were trading uh, Gronkowski to Tampa Bay for a third-round pick. So if it sounds like we don't know what we're talking about during the podcast, it is in fact because we don't know what we're talking about during the podcast because it didn't happen yet. But without further ado, this is the Dan Rivera NFL Draft Podcast. All right, well, we're here to welcome on Dan Rivera. Dan, welcome. First time on the uh, podcast here. Thanks for joining us today, man.
1: Thanks. I'm excited to be here, Steve. This is my favorite time of the year at the NFL Draft. I'm a draft junkie, and I absolutely love the draft. I love betting it. I love watching it. I've been preparing since the last draft.
0: So do you have a favorite team that you have followed that you root for, or is it just the NFL in general?
1: So in terms of the NFL draft, I love the entire thing. I root for the Colts, but when I'm gambling on them, I have no problem throwing them under the bus. I'm rooting for Chris Ballard-Kildigan this year because I have a massive affection for quality high-end GMs in the NFL. But I want the Colts to do well this year. I'm sick of um, not having a quarterback anymore.
0: So how heartbroken were you with the Andrew Luck stuff?
1: Oh, I when I saw that tweet, I thought it was a joke at first. I'm like, all right, Adam Schefter got hacked. And it turned out to be real. I wanted to cry inside because we finally got a competent coach, a competent GM. We finally had an offensive line. We finally had everything in set to the point of, Colts are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and then it just went out the window. I was so sad when I saw him retire.
0: I was curious if he was going to come back this year, but there's been obviously no talk about that at all, and especially with bringing on Philip Rivers, it doesn't seem like that's even a, a remote possibility.
1: No, he's done. He doesn't want to come back. I don't blame him. Unfortunately, Ryan Griggs did screw this entire thing up because he's just such an incompetent GM and never drafted offensive linemen. Andrew Luck took a fee, he didn't want to do the rehab anymore. If it's sad to see him coming back, well, if you don't want to come back out there, don't go out there for me. Andrew Luck, fun fact, the rumors were, like, jokingly on Twitter, where the Patriots are going to go beat Andrew Luck. Colts still own his rights until that right comes up, probably in about a year or two. So if he was just going to go back, he's going to be
0: out the Colts. Yeah, that's like the Barry Sanders thing, where they keep waiting for Barry to come back. He's not coming back. Calvin Johnson's not coming back to Detroit. Uh, they have his rights, and they don't want to play for that organization. But I think Andrew is a little bit different. This seems very serious medical issues that he's had, correct?
1: Yeah, he had some serious conditions. I think this year was, I believe, an ankle. And he didn't want to rehab. And the reports were Chris Bauer and the Colts offered him to come back on the IR designated return, meaning come back after week six or come back after six weeks, depending on how it got designated. So they were more than willing to work with them, or we had Jacoby Kobe Brissett, so you could have probably wrote that out longer. If he really wanted to rehab, I think he would have gotten away with it for the year. But he was just so tapped down, he didn't want to do the rehab. I think he had uh, kidneys. He did a kidney liver issue two years ago when he sat out originally. So he's had some serious conditions, and the NFL is not a soft game. And if you're truly concerned about your health going forward, and Andrew looks a very smart guy, He's very well concerned with what he's been through, so it's probably time for him to go.
0: And Andrew Luck was one of the highest prospects coming out of college, if I'm not mistaken, right? Him in, like, Elway? Yeah. So, so th-
1: Andrew Luck, according to all the people who've done this for the last 20 years, Andrew Luck was the best prospect in John Elway. That's what the reports. and unfortunately, Colt screwed it up.
0: <laughs> so I'm assuming that you went to Oregon University. You also feel that Justin Herbert is one of these top prospects, correct?
1: I do believe he's a top prospect, but I've also come to the conclusion, unless you're named Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning, like these high-end QBs, all these QBs are very dependent on the organization. For example, if Justin Herbert ends up in Miami, I like what Miami's doing. They got picks. I like Brian Flores. I think Justin Herbert will do pretty well in Miami. But if Justin Herbert goes to the Chargers, Chargers are also very loaded, except their offensive line still isn't very good. So Justin Herbert can go and sit for a year because the Chargers are reportedly very high on Tyrod Taylor. So if you want this guy to learn under Tyrod Taylor, now you have a chance to do it. You can pull through that offensive line. The Chargers defense, assuming that team actually stays healthy this year, is a very good defense. So I think Justin Herbert is going to be good, but I had some concerns. I don't know how much Oregon football you paid attention to, Steve. When Oregon went on the road outside of Austin Stadium, man, they were a different team. There was that Oregon game at Arizona State, and Arizona State absolutely demolished Oregon for the most part. Herbert looked awful in that game. Even in the Auburn game toward the end when Herbert had a chance to go win it, it just didn't look that good. So I got some questions, but I think he's going to be a good prospect if he goes to the right team.
0: So you mentioned basically that Miami has been linked to him, and obviously the Chargers are picking six and, and right behind him. And Tua was always the person that they were – Targeting that was you know it was tanking for Tua. It was an alliteration. Maybe it was just that it rolled off the tongue easier. Herbert was a prospect the last few years that have really done well, but his QBR the last three years have regressed each and every year. Uh, now that he is in that second spot right now, he, he is actually favored to go ahead of Tua for the first time in this draft process. Are we believing these rumors? I know that you have a, a strong take on these GMs and who you believe and who you. Do not believe. So, is that one of the rumors that you believe? And what GMs, in, I guess in a general sense, do you buy the leaks that are coming out of them? And which ones that, if you hear anything, you don't believe at all?
1: So, for Herbert, I do buy it. I put so much money down because these books, with these props in general, are extremely slow at reacting to the info. I think it was about a week or two ago, whenever these two medicals came out, all of a sudden... Herbert really started like, hey, like, Herbert's going to be a legitimate possibility. These medicals are scaring off these team, So I got a bunch of money on Herbert going second QB because it was plus 130, 140, or whenever I hit it. So I do believe it. If the Miami Dolphins don't track them, let's say they don't move up, and at pick five they have Herbert or Tua, and turns out this is a giant smoke screen. This is probably the greatest screen I've ever seen in the last five or six years because everyone in the NFL community, Mike Lombardi, Daniel Jeremiah, Peter Schrager, the guys tied into the football community, the books, everyone believes it's now Herbert. If the Miami Dolphins decide we're just kidding, good for them. I buy it. Yeah. I think everybody else buys it. In terms of the GMs, I like Chris Bowd. I'm there. I am Chris Bowd. I like Howie Roseman a lot. I know you're a Giants fan. I'm sorry, man. Howard Rosman is the best GM in that division. I like Eric If I said that name correctly for the Ravens. I know this is second draft, but he's a fantastic GM. Some of the GMs I'm pretty low on, Dave Gettleman, a, a lot. Anything the Redskins put out there. I don't like Cincinnati GMs. I do not like Ryan Pace at all. But for the most part, there's a group of GMs, about five to eight GMs, that I really like. By the eight games I don't like, and then
0: everybody else is kind of the medal and mixed results. So, speaking of the Redskins, and I certainly want to get to get them in selfishly momentarily here, but the Redskins are picking number two. Ian Rappaport put something out today that they're receiving calls for the second overall pick. This was, this is not news to me. This is not breaking news. I don't think anybody should be reacting to that. I've always imagined that that was the case all along here. Do they stay at number two, and... Is there anything that they're doing in this draft with the thought process of Trent Williams potentially being traded? You know, that's a a deep tackle draft here, especially in the first one and a half rounds, I guess up to the second round here, that you'd expect some talent at the tackle position. Do you think that that factors in anything at number two? And what do you think would the Redskins do if they trade Trent Williams? Will they do it before the draft? Anything like that? Have you heard anything in that front? What's your expectation?
1: I've been on the board that the Cleveland Browns should give up maybe a second and a third pick for Trent Williams. This guy on Twitter, James Brandon Thord, and all he does is just watch offensive linemen, and that's where I get my info from. If he says the guy's good and you should trade for him, I take his advice. He's been adamant Trent Williams is a stud still at left tackle. So if you're the Browns and maybe you want to trade down your first and send the Redskins a second and a third or whatever the deal is, I would trade for Trent Williams in a heartbeat for left tackle. Are they going to? Well, I think very lowly of the entire Redskins organization. They're not very well ran. They should have traded them. They haven't traded them, And I believe it seems like they somewhat smoothed their past relationship because Trent Williams believed he was wrong, and I agree with them from the prior medical staff. If he's going to get traded, I don't think it's going to be draft night. I think it would have been done by now, and I think he's going back to Washington. If you are the Redskins, and I don't know if that reports are true because it seems kind of slow and just – weirds coming out now. which should have been out two weeks ago. If the reports are true by Rappaport, I don't think he made it up. If somebody calls, let's say the Chargers call, we're going to give you the sixth pick, a second round, and yada, yada, yada. You should, Redskins should be trying so hard to trade down for that pick. Dwayne Haskins, well, he was not very good last year. By trading down, you can actually solve a lot of issues on that team. The Redskins might need a left tackle, but at but I think Williams coming back, so you can maybe hold off on that. You need wide receivers. Those wide receivers are just awful. I know Chase Young's a generational talent, but if you can trade down to maybe three, four, five, or six and believe you can get Chase Young, I would trade down for him.
0: I'm not sure if, if Chase Young made it to the Giants, there's no doubt they'd scoop him up. Or at least that's my thought process. I know that, you know, they are looking for a tackle. So I think if they want Chase Young, they're probably gonna have to stay at two. But you bring up a great point. The Redskins are not in a position to win right now, and I know there's a lot of thought process on Chase Young being a generational talent and being maybe the best in the draft, but they have a lot of holes, man. They got McLaurin, what, in the second round last year at receiver, but there's not a whole lot of offensive weapons on that team.
1: I think McLaurin went third round. Did he go third? He's an absolute stud. Wow. And the Redskins had a lot of QB issues last year, but he still looked good. If you're looking good with terrible QB play, more than likely you're the real deal. But... Yeah, I think you're right. If Gettleman sees Chase Young there, I think Gettleman's going to take him, even though the Giants have some major tackle issues. So if the Redskins maybe trade down to three or something, which I don't think is going to happen, I think it'd be a team trading up for one of these QBs. They'd be passing on Chase Young. But I think you can do so much more with four or five guys than you can
0: can with Chase Young. Yeah, the Giants have a lot of football issues, not even just tackle issues. They are a disaster. The uh – It's funny because the the mock set that came out, especially the last couple weeks, uh, previously to this one, has everything with Isaiah Simmons being taken on it. And, you know, if you listen to Gettleman and the way that he talks, he talks about the hog mollies, the big bodies, uh, the huge butts. Like The the guy is just strange, and the the way he talks is unprofessional. Uh, But he likes the bigger type of players, even though he hasn't drafted a tackle in a long time here. The Giants need one in the worst way. Soldier was a terrible, terrible signing. They don't have a left tackle. They don't have a right tackle. So I was a, a strong believer that the Giants were going to go tackle before they even, the mock started sh- reporting it, and the odds started changing on that front. At this point, it, it's, it's almost odds on, they are the odds on favorite to take a tackle. Who do they take? Do they take a tackle? Do they trade down? I know they're open for business. Uh, I know you love Gettleman. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, a lot of, one way to put it. I think Gettleman is so incompetent. When he talks, I think I get dumber and I lose brain cells. I've been pounding hard for the Giants to take a tackle. You have Daniel Jones. He's on a rookie deal for the next four years, and you have no idea if he's going to be good or not. Yes, he looks okay in his rookie year. He also looked bad. You have a new coach, and Gettleman is adamant about hashtag a stop the run because he's stuck in the 1990s but somehow has a job. But if the Giants do trade down, I give that less than one percent because Dave Gettleman rarely—and I mean rarely—trades down because he thinks he can outdraft people, which is the dumbest thing he can do with the NFL draft. Uh, he's going to take a tackle. The reports are—it's already leaked—that the Giants are very, very interested in Judge Wills, the off- offensive tackle out of Alabama, and I believe those are going to get confirmed either here today, tonight, or tomorrow. Because the Giants, as like you said, aren't very well-ran, and subsequently, last year, about a month out, I believe Dino Jones was leaked to go to the Giants, or they had major interest, and two years ago, it leaked that they wanted Saquon. So if you guys are looking for a bet, I believe on FanDuel, you can get plus money on Judge of Will's being drafted by the Giants, but they need a tackle. Nick Soldier, like you said, terrible. Right tack, right tackle terrible. Guard center guard they were pretty respectable at, but those tackles, you've gotta get Daniel Jones some help and figure out if he's a real deal.
0: What's your thoughts on the rumor that the Giants were interviewing Justin Herbert?
1: Oh, that was such a terrible rumor. I <laughs> thought it was just really odd. They're just putting it out there. they anybody really buy it? No. No. It's just one of those rumors that got leaked out, I think, in the last twenty four to forty eight hours. If the Giants were somewhat decently managed, if they were leaked it two or three weeks ago, I would maybe put more thought into it. But, see, we're at that time of the year where these rumors leak, and you're just like, really, man? It doesn't make any sense. They're not taking a quarterback after taking a quarterback last year because it seems like they've seen pretty Harris to Daniel Jones. If you remember last year, Daniel Jones was being compared to Eli Manning, and we know the Giants totally butchered Eli Manning at the end by keeping him too long. So I thought they're full of it. They're just trying to get somebody to trade the farm, and I cannot emphasize they're going to really need to trade the farm to go get a guy at Ford because I don't have any respect for gentlemen. But honestly,
0: they're full of it. The the Patriots' way are to basically – You interview these people, not for now, not for drafting them now, but in the future, in case you ever have an opportunity, you have a relationship with them already. And Joe Judge is here. So there was part of me thought that maybe Joe Judge is implementing the Patriots way, which I would respect but then since dave Gettleman's involved you just default back to the fact this guy is an incompetent fool there's no way he knows what he's doing he probably thinks people will buy the fact the giants are considering taking justin herbert there's no way i'm not buying it at all they're going for a tackle i, I am i'd be shocked unless chase young slips to them I, I strongly feel it, it's going to be a tackle. I do think it's Wills, like you said. Werf has been linked to him. Uh, I know Daniel Jeremiah had that in the couple previous draft mock drafts that he had. He has since said that he believes it will be Wills. Uh, I also am of that belief. His opinion is probably a little bit stronger than mine for you, and I respect that. Uh, something a little bit different here. Julia Donaldson, who is an NBC sports anchor within the last hour, tweeted out that Miami is looking to move up to three to select offensive tackle Andrew Thomas. That would be the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Does that rank over Gettleman putting out that they're going to take Herbert?
1: I honestly, as I'm looking at these notes when we were prepped for this, I thought that was a typo. That's more absurd than Gettleman. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine trading up two spots and an entire world thanks to the QB, and then you take Andrew Thomas, especially because. You can move them down and maybe to that 8 to 10 range if you really don't like these TVs that much, and you still get them there. That's probably the most absurd rumor I've seen so far this year.
0: You know, you, part of it is you don't even know what to make of it. Like, I've never heard of Julia Donaldson. I'm sure she's a fine woman and is great at her craft, and maybe she's legitimately hearing this from multiple sources like she says, but there's no way. There's no way that Miami does this. I have a friend that is a Miami Dolphin fan, and he knew we were doing the pod today. And he wanted to know your opinion on the Miami Dolphins. Can I tell him that this is a terrible idea and you do not think this is a good idea for them to trade up for Andrew Thomas?
1: Yeah, tell your friend, I actually like what Miami's done the last year. I like their pick. I do like Brian Forrest because they weren't supposed to win a single game. They look pretty respectable by the end of the year, and that's a terrible roster. Tell your friend if this is what the Dolphins do, just stop being a Miami fan and go find a D.C.
0: I think he's been looking for someone to give him that advice for years. You know, part of the if they moved up with their second pick to get Andrew Thomas, that would be understandable, and and I actually could get behind that. Especially if you pick up Herbert or even Tua in, in, with their first pick, and they they grabbed Andrew Thomas in the second, that that is respectable. Uh, but this rumor is just absurd. So I'm not even going to pay it any more mind. Uh, Matt Miller uh, at NFL draft, Scat on Twitter, uh, he works for Bleacher Report. He says these picks have uh, him pulling his hair out, and I think for most people they have, and I wanted your opinion on it. At number three, he says he doesn't know if they're going to go Okuda or Brown.
1: So the entire mock community, and this is a group thing, and be careful on this for mock draft. The entire mock season has been Okuda. Even the first mock that came out back in mid-February, it's been Okuda. The Giants, or my apologies, the Lions just lost Darius Slayton because he's going out for And the problem is that secondary is terrible. That Aaron Rodgers guy is pretty good at throwing the ball. You have the Bears who can't throw it, and then you the Vikings are kind of up and down. But the problem is with this Okuda pick is Detroit absolutely needs a corner. I don't even know who their corners are right now, and they're not very good. Derek Brown, I have seen rumored. And he's a nice playmaker, but can you imagine having that terrible secondary against Aaron Rodgers twice a year and everybody else you play? My God, man. I, yeah, it's got to be a kudo to me. Trade down, especially because you can trade down early. And for the most part, a lot of these teams who trade down in the first round, generally a couple of days before, it's pretty much set in stone unless they can get a better offer. So if the Lions aren't trying to trade down, I would fire everybody in that entire organization if they take Brown or don't trade down.
0: I, I would agree with you on the trade-down aspect of it. I will tell you that I took some money on Brown to be the third overall, actually with the 1-2-3, with uh, Burrow, Young, and then Brown. I think it was like 6-1 to one odds or something to that effect. Uh, just to throw it out there, I thought it was good value. I don't think they can take Akuda at 3. I just feel like it's not Charles Woodson. This is not a cornerback that is... Uh, revolutionary. He's not somebody, he could be a Hall of Famer, but not in the same category as, as Charles Woodson uh, was. It, it's, I just, for whatever reason, I, I just can't believe it. I, I don't know. I don't know him that well. I don't study college like I do with the professional ranks. Uh, but, to me, there's just not cornerbacks that are taken that high in the draft. So if they're going to trade down, I could totally see them targeting Akuda, and it makes sense, everything that you said. Uh, but Brown is, is, even at D-tackle, is kind of early. It's a tough spot for Detroit. If they don't trade out of that, they're in a lot of trouble.
1: And to take it back off in Detroit, if you're Matt Patricia, you have to win this year. The reports are consistently for the last two years now. Your players don't like you. You think you're Bill Belichick without the pedigree. And if you have that culture, then you got to get your players to respect you. And they're probably on the hot seat. And they might be early candidates to be fired midseason, depending on what the schedule looks like. Matt Stafford wasn't healthy last year, I know that. But to me, the Lions have really underserved Matt Stafford. Matt Patricia is going to be on the hot seat maybe week four, week six, week eight, week 10 depending on the schedule lines up. But even with a rookie corner or rookie defensive tackle, those guys better be a stud. And I don't think you're going to be able to get a stud with that pick. Not, not a stud right away.
0: Yeah. What about Werfs uh, or Simmons? He said Werfs or Simmons. You have already mentioned that you like Wills for the Giants. I agree with you. I don't think this is a, even a debate between Wirfs and Simmons. Do you agree with this? We don't need to waste our time with these two.
1: No, I do have a ticket over 6.5 on Simmons, and I did start wearing there for a while because it sounded like Gettleman won them. But you guys take a tackle. The Giants don't seem interested in either of these guys right now.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with you. I do like that 6.5 over on Simmons. I actually do not have a ticket on that yet, but I am sitting waiting on it. If something else materializes, I'll put my money towards that. Uh, But if there's nothing else that does, I will be taking it over on Simmons. What about Tua or Herbert? I, I know that you've spoken on Herbert and you've waxed poetic a little bit, but what's your thoughts on Tua and in comparison to Herbert?
1: I think Tua is a much better prospect. My question with Tua is the health. Obviously, he's been compared to the Bo Jackson injury, but our medical advancements in the last 20, 30, 40 years are so much infinitely better than what it was the Bo Jackson. If you think Tua is the guy, let's say he's a Carson Wentz type of player in the sense you're going to get 13 or 14 games a year, you can get a quality backup for those other two or three games. Tua's problem is he holds on to the ball too long. I don't know if that's fixable. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. It drove Nick Staden crazy. But every injury he had, he could have gotten rid of the ball. Tua has that dog mentality, I'm going to fight for every yard. That's fine for my running back or wide receiver. But for my franchise guy – uh, I don't know. If Miami drafts either of these guys, they have to fix that terrible offensive lineman. So I, I, with all the picks Miami has, you can build that offensive lineman. But again, it comes down to if Tua is healthy or not. I like Tua as a better prospect over Herbert. And I'm a big Ducks fan. I just had some serious questions with Herbert on the road.
0: Now Tua's is only six foot. I feel like that is a conversation that all of a sudden, for whatever reason, hasn't been discussed. Where previous years... The height of a quarterback was always such a a focal point. To it being six foot rarely gets mentioned. It's only his concerns about injury history that seems to be holding him back. Uh, I'm not sure why that isn't being discussed more. I'm not sure if they are talking about it in in the league circles, Uh, but it's certainly in the mainstream media. It's not really discussed much. I know Lombardi has brought it up a few times, but besides him, I haven't heard many people talk about it. Um, What about the Chargers? They've been linked to obviously Tua. They've been linked to Herbert if he's there and Tua is gone, or an offensive tackle. Where are they going to go at pick six?
1: This is one I keep flipping back and forth on. Do the Chargers really like Herbert? Well, if they like Herbert and if they truly believe Miami's going to take them, this is going to be a team that jumps up to number three and trades with Detroit. All the reports out of the Chargers camp is they really like Tyrod Taylor. They like him as a starter, they can run their system. They just bulked up that right side of the offensive line, even though that charge of offensive line wasn't very good. At pick six, you still have Works there. Works predominantly played right tackle, but he also played left tackle in college. This is one I don't have a strong opinion on just because I can see it going either way. I'll go with Herbert or Tua, depending on if they move up or not. I think they're going to go QB here. Tyrod Taylor is a great backup QB or a great replacement-level QB Tyrod is a guy you can bring in. Like, hey, Tyrod, you're not the guy, but we want you here there, and we want you to develop a mentor-type role. So if you want a QB, Tyrod is a great QB to have on your roster to bring these guys
0: up. I'll go with QB for now. Well, I think that's a great point, that Tyrod Taylor would be awesome to hold down the fort for a little bit, but he is not your franchise quarterback. So if you're bringing into it and you want to bring him up slowly because of all the injury concerns, which is understandable and commendable, then Tyrod Taylor is probably a perfect quarterback to hold down the fort. He's not someone that's going to think that he owns the place and he would be insulted by bringing a younger quarterback in. I, I would assume that he's just happy he has an opportunity to start games. So I, I think that is a perfect spot for them to take Tua or Herbert or whoever's left over in that regard, and then let him fight it out from there. Uh, Andy Cohen's show said, and I don't know who Andy Cohen is, but it was on the show. He had Gronk. Uh, he said, Gronk himself said, I'm not totally done playing football. So this is a little change from our, our conversation about the draft, but I wanted your input on this. Gronk says he comes, let's say he does come back. Where is he coming back to play football?
1: Gronk doesn't come back. So he was in the Patriots system his entire life. The Patriots system is very demanding and very rigid. Patriots system, oh, man, you're cool. You think you're good? That sucks, yeah, better I got there and keep working. If I had to take a guess, it'd be to Tampa just because of the Tom Brady connection. Bruce has a much looser, looser control of life. He's very adamant. I'm like, hey, guys, we put in our hours a day. Go home and hang out with your family. It's much more loose down there. I, outside of Tampa, because of the Brady connection, I don't think he'll come back. Unless some team pays him some ridiculous amount of money. I'm talking like $15 million or $20 million for a year or two. i I'll go with Tampa, I know for a fact, I guarantee you Gronk has thought long and hard about going to Tampa.
0: I don't think there's a chance that he goes back to New England. It's cold. He's a celebrity. He's wrestles with the WWE. He, he can go down to Tampa where it's warm. He could be with his quarterback, Tom Brady, with uh, Mike Evans on the outside, with Chris Godwin. It's a much better position right now. Even the team, you put Gronk on that team, maybe they only win a half a game more. But they win a half a game more, and that half a game with... Aaron Rodgers going down. Like the NFC is not a powerhouse. You're not going through the Chiefs. You know, I don't know, man. If you're going to come back, you have to go to Tampa. I don't think there's any doubt uh, that Gronk, if he comes back, ends up in Tampa Bay. Um, going to switch back over to the draft because why not just jump back and forth here? Uh revisionist history. This is a bet that I had, and I felt great about it. And I want to know, know if I'm going to win this bet or if I'm going to lose this bet. And also, if you have a bet that you thought you had the best of it. I had Jalen Hurts right away when these draft pop props came up. I had 60 and a half, the over, and I had under 75.5. Am I going to win this bet?
1: If you would have got that prop at the time, and you would have asked me, I would have been like, ooh, I don't know. Right now, I think you you win that with relatively comfortable ease, the second. The betting market has switched Jalen Hurts from a mid-to-late third-round pick all the way down to the second round. If I remember correctly from the other day, a lot of these books have them about 58.5, 59.5, range. And I think at 75.5, that's fantastic value. The reports are the Raiders really like Hurts. The last few years, couple of years, we know John Gruden does not like Carr, despite what the fact what they keep saying they have their issues. The Raiders have three third-round picks. Pick 80, 81, and pick 90s, mid-90s. If you really, like, hurts in that end of the second round, start of the third round, try, try to the third-round pick. I think you're going to win this with relative ease.
0: I hope so. That, it, it would be a great payday for me, so I'd be very, very happy. I actually just got a notification on my phone, and this is almost – it's very timely. Ian Rappaport four minutes ago said sources, retired Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski has told New England – that he's interested in playing football again and would want to do it with the Bucks and QB Tom Brady. A trade would have to be worked out for this to happen. And the hitman actually retweeted it and said, if this happens, has there ever been a wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end trio better than, than what Tampa would have? And do you have an answer to that question?
1: For the wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end trio, no, not off the top of my head. I've sitting on the look back at it. But if Gronk wants to come back Page is still on his rights. What what does Tampa got to trade to get him? Would Tampa trade to get him? I think Tampa would because they seem very interested in going all in on Tom Brady the next two years or so. And if you can get a guy, Tom's like, hey, man, that's my guy. I trust him in the red zone. You know, you probably can't play a full 16 games in the the NFC playoffs. You know, you're down late, you need touchdowns. That's my guy. So if he makes Brady comfortable, I'd trade for him.
0: Would a third-round pick get it done?
1: Yes. I think it would ask more to start with, but settle on the third. I think it would. If you're the Patriots, you know you got some major holes on that team, you get a third round of the Buccaneers, and we know the Patriots will probably end up trading that third round off to me, I would take it, because if not, you're stuck with Gronk's contract. And who else is going to take Gronk? No one else. If you get a third, I think that's great value.
0: And honestly, at this point, if he doesn't come back, New England gets zero out of it. You know, Let's say they hold on to his rights and they don't trade him for whatever reason. They don't get anything for it. By letting him go over to Tampa, it's not a division rival. It's not even someone in your conference. Maybe you see him in in the playoffs, you know, in in the Super Bowl, and in which case you'd sign up for that any day of the week. But ultimately, if you can get a third rounder for something that you thought was a dead asset, I think you have to jump at that opportunity. It'll be interesting to see what Bill Belichick does in that front. All right, coming back to, to bets that I should not have made here. Austin Jackson, over 25 and a half. Uh, this is one of the bets I really wish I didn't make. I actually put it up on the website. I had a huge bet on it. It was right after the XFL season, so I was betting a lot more uh, than I was during the football, uh, NFL season just because of there was more opportunities with college, with uh, NBA. The XFL was really the one I was hitting um, by itself. There was nothing else going on. Uh, Austin Jackson over 25.5. I have since bought out of this play. Is Austin Jackson going to be over 25.5 or under?
1: I would have told you to buy out of it if you can because the reports are a lot of these second group of tackles, you know, the non-top four guys, a lot of them are going to be going higher than you expect. So uh, if I had to take a guess now, I would lean under 25.5, but I don't want to play it myself because he's in that range of he could go with the Miami Dolphins second first round pick or he could go with that third first round pick depending on if he falls there. But if you bought out of it, I, I like to be buying out of it if you had over twenty five and a half.
0: Yeah, I'd like to have that money not tied up, not for nothing. But uh, I was able to get it at plus money, so I didn't even lose money with that bet. I, I just from the moment that I placed it, I just didn't feel comfortable about it. It was one of those ones that you just kick yourself for. Uh, I do have a couple shots in the dark here, and I want to know if what your thoughts are on this. If this is something that you suggest to the listeners, or if it's just something that. It's a waste of twenty five cents. Shine the dark. Twelve to one uh, odds that Tua goes to the Raiders.
1: At twelve to one, I think it should be much higher. But like I stated earlier, we know Gruden doesn't like Carr. The Raiders are rebuilding the culture. They did really well drafting last year, so if they can go a draft and trade up a bit. Um, if you put like a dollar on it, I would go for it. But I don't think it's gonna win.
0: How about uh, the Burrow Young Herbert? I have that. That one two three. At 6-1, I also have Burrow, Young, and Brown, uh, and that is plus 650. You like I'm either one of those, 2
1: I'm very joking about both of those. I like both of them. I like, I like throwing them both a lot. I mean, at 6-1, because we know the first two are almost pretty much set in stone, so now it's just Herbert or Brown. I, I like both of them a lot. I think you have a really good chance. I'm rooting for the Brown since You got plus 650.
0: You know, part of it is, for me, is Detroit is not going to it's not going to take Herbert. He they may take Brown in that sense. You know, it was my, it was my thought that if Detroit trades out of it, they're going to trade to a team that's probably going to be Miami and they're probably going to take Herbert. And if they don't, then it's between Brown and Acuda and Acuda is, is the huge favorite for the Lions to take him, which is where the thought process of why not take Brown at plus 650 and I think it's, you know, if it's not 50-50 shot, maybe it's 60-40 that they go with Akuda, but at least they got 40, you know, percent on Brown there and I feel like that's a uh, good value. Uh, the other one and maybe this is crazy I have never heard it anywhere else Akuda his draft stock initially isn't going down but Peter King said that 60 percent of teams have Akuda the number one ranked and 40 percent have Cj uh, Henderson the number two ranked uh, number one ranked cornerback the overwhelming favorite uh betting wise Akuda to go number one I got Akuda to be the second cornerback taken at 22 to one odds it's now at 10 to one. Is there still value in ten to one? Is there any chance that C.J. Henderson goes before Jeff Okuda?
1: At twenty-two to one, that's definitely worth a pizza bet. At ten to one, again, I'd take a small bet on it. Now, I didn't see the Peter King 60-40, but I did see Daniel Jeremiah reporting a lot of teams have Henderson higher than Okuda. So let's say the Lions at number—you trade down to number five, and somebody calls you to go up and trade down again. I, I think it's worth a pizza bet. If you want to trade down multiple times, if you can get 90% of Okuda with the Lions, or maybe you really like Henderson that much, I think it's worth a shot in the dark, like a quick little five. $5 bet, maybe a $1 bet. But I wouldn't put anything big on it. A 22-1, I think
0: that's a great bet. I think you're going to find out real quick if there's more value to it. If the Lions end up taking Brown instead of Akuda, then who knows where Akuda goes. Then maybe C.J. Henderson has a, a, a chance to get picked first. I, I think it's really going to be contingent upon what Detroit does with that 3 or whatever they train down to, 5 or 6. Uh, if they pass on Akuda there's a chance that C.J. Henderson could go. All right. So a couple people's names that were really hot early. Denzel Mims... Uh, Jeremy Chin, A.J. Epinesa, Tua, all of these names were real hot a couple weeks ago, and they kind of cooled off recently. Of those four players, is there anyone that you think, uh, obviously is going to go in the first round, Jeremy Chin probably is not. Do you think any one of those are going to be worth the uh, under in their bet proposition? you think Denzel Mims hits the first round?
1: For Denzel Mims, you could have got two or three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, somewhere in the second round, all his value's gone. Jeremy Chan, like you've said, I don't think he's going round one. I haven't seen a line for him, actually, yet. AJ F Probably two weeks ago, I'd have been like, oh, he's probably going round one. I don't know if he even goes round one anymore. Yeah, I know at that MGM a couple of days ago, they had his line at 30 and a half, and a lot of those books probably have the same area, 29 and a half, 30 and a half. You could bet F and to go round two at plus 175. I took a shot at it because if you're at 30 and a half, and I've seen a lot of the mock guys really say, like, hey, this guy is not doing so hot anymore. I have plus money. I think it's worth a stab or worth a shot to take him in round two on BetMGM. That's the only website I've seen it at, and I don't know what kind of books you guys have access to or listening to it. But if he F and S had to go round two for plus money, I would take a shot with it.
0: MGM uh, MGM still had that at plus 175 as of this morning. So uh, I'm not I have not checked to see if it's changed since this morning. But this morning that prop was still up there. Uh, NJ Epineso, it was uh, really tied to his value was tied to the Patriots. Uh, there was everyone was speculating that they have uh, he's the Patriot type of defensive end, and I don't even disagree with that. I don't even know enough to speculate. But my point is that if the Patriots don't select him. There was no real rumored teams. Maybe, like, the Ravens that would take him at, I think, where they, 27, 28 pick? Uh, maybe they would take him. But ultimately, A.J. Epinesa, I, I didn't see too many other teams tied to him, with the exception of, of New England at 23.
1: That's what I saw, too. The Patriots, as you very well know, they're always very difficult to get a beat on because they always really want to trade down, and so it never leak. I saw a report they want to QB. I'm like, okay, guys, let's not buy it into it because it never really happened in the other years. I saw Upsonessa with the Patriots, and I've seen Zach Bond, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But the Patriots don't have a second-round pick. I thought that's a new trade. So if you're the Patriots and somebody wants to give you their like, high second round, you can trade it down to the second round and maybe get another third or fourth-round pick for it, depending on how you value your first-round pick. If they trade down, you can get Upsonessa in the 34, 35, 36 range. I think that's where it's going. But like you stated, Patriots are passed. I was uh. Sc- again.
0: Yeah. <coughs> right, so I was scouring the uh, internet this morning, trying to look for a place that we could give out. You know, part of this market is so quick to react that a rumor comes out and it's the first to to hit it, gets the uh, the bet, and then all of a sudden the juice goes through the roof or they move the line and there's no more value. So it's very difficult to give out plays right now, knowing that there's going to be some time lapse in between it and maybe new information comes but I wanted to put some plays out there that I thought still had value to anybody that was listening. Derrick Brown under 8.5, minus 160 at William Hill. Most of the numbers are at 170. Uh, Maybe I'm cherry-picking a little bit here, but I I feel like that 8th overall pick right there has value for Derrick Brown potentially being selected. I think that if he goes to 8, Carolina is the 8th pick, correct? That they would take him at 8. Yeah,
1: but Derrick Brown's been rumored to the Panthers. He's been rumored to the Cardinals, actually. He's been rumored to the Lions recently, but under eight and a half I like. I I don't think he's gonna go after eight. I think it's just he's that good. And the defensive line class isn't very high end off of Jared Brown and Jabal Kendall are gonna have tackles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think like I said, there it's down seven and a half in most locations, and at, at that point the value starts slipping a little bit, but I would rather lay one sixty than get even get it at seven and a half minus one twenty, which I think it, it's probably your best case scenario anywhere else. Uh how about Swift? We haven't talked about the running backs at all. I, I do have a bet that there's no running backs to go in the first round at plus two forty. You know, right now at Bet America, he's listed at twenty seven and a half minus one fifty, and that's something that's really it's another one that's an outlier because at uh, DraftKings he's listed at thirty three and a half minus one ten. So what is which one of those do you like better? Do you like the over at 27.5? Uh, or, or do you think Swift even goes before that? What is your thoughts on the running back game in this year's class?
1: The running backs aren't that good, in my opinion. I'm a, of the opinion you don't need a first-round running back. But I just can't help it that one of these games are going to talk themselves into Swift. And the problem with Swift is he's been linked in those last five picks area. So I'm much rather the at $1. fifty over 27.5. Just because if he does fall out of the first round, well, you just won right there. I'll lay the extra pick there. At 33.5, if you take under, I can't tell you he's going to go for that. But over 27.5, I would lay the fifty Because the pick 33 is the uh, Bengals, I believe. Well, I've seen the Dolphins really want Swift. I've seen him, on quite a few respectable mocks be the third Dolphins first round player. And I don't know if they're going to go that way can't get a beat on because I like, got it's just that weird gray area with them but of these two picks you offered me I would take the over 27 and a half at America
0: for whatever reason I just feel the Chiefs and I don't know why they would take it I've seen them rumored to take Swift at 32 I it would just be perfect to rip my heart out and I feel like you know with that over uh of no tight no running backs in the first round the 32nd pick uh would be just disastrous and rip my heart out and so that's what I think is probably going to happen um Rager is getting a ton of love here, and I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, They had a prop on him that it it was before Mims, and Mims was hot early and kind of cooled off a little bit. The reason why I like it, not because I think Rager is going to go before Mims, but the value of the bet I thought was pretty interesting. They had Rager before Mims at plus 275 on William Hill. What side of that do you like?
1: The Rager side. Mims is really cooled off. But unfortunately... I know, for fact, you placed a bet earlier. I took Brandon I X over Rager, and I felt confident on that bet. From the report, it seems like is going to go maybe a little earlier than expected because Rager is a very explosive, quick athlete. And if you need a receiver, and if you're in that 20-plus area, and you need somebody quick, Rager's your guy. And I think opening in that conversation. But I do like the Rager performance plus 275.
0: The Rager one, they've been mocking him. Some people have been mocking him to the Eagles at 21 but he's someone that's incredibly fast with questionable hands, and that just seems like every other Philadelphia receiver they've had in the last couple of years. You would think they would go with someone a little bit more reliable. You know, Obviously, they would love Jeff- Justin Jefferson if he fell to him. Uh, I almost think that Brandon Ayuk might be a better possibility there at 21 versus Rager. But under those odds, which I thought were pretty much pretty just too high, there's just too much value at plus 275 at this point, um, I would certainly look at Rager over Mims, despite the th- tickets that I have in my pocket. Um, and this one I know you love. What about Pittman under 58 and a half? It's at one, minus one 145 on William Hill. I, I know it's higher than that on points bet. What's your thoughts on them?
1: i bet made the biggest bet of my life on this under 58 and a half. Now, Michael Pittman Jr., <coughs> Michael Pittman Jr., I am very high on. He's compared to Michael Thomas. If you're in the war room, and let's say you're in that upper to mid second round, you need a receiver, i.e. the Colts. If you're trying to tell your GM why you should take this guy now, and all you say, Michael Thomas, I think that's going to clinch it right there. Look at the number of 58 and a half. That's a borderline round three. I'd be stunned if Pittman last to pick 50. I placed the biggest bet. On points bet, you can get under 58 and a half for $1.82. I would still lay it there. I think that 58 and a half number is just so wrong, and these books are just so off with of that Pittman Jr., because he is a round two guy. And by round two, I don't think the books have any beat. So I absolutely love that under fifty and a half.
0: Yeah, they are going to be pounding uh, the wide receivers in the second round, I think is going to be the, the round for receivers. And I think Pittman is going to be one of those groups that's going to get selected uh, early in the second round, mid second round. I, I obviously uh, also took Pittman under at 58 and a half for a large bet as well. Uh, Thaddeus Moss is one of the people that is being invited into ESPN's, uh, film room. You know, they're going to have a camera crew set up for when he gets selected. And my first thought on that was, number one, why are they bringing in Thaddeus Moss? I haven't heard him mentioned much. Uh, and, you know, if he's being invited to be part of this TV special, then he must be drafted, uh, early. And, you know, when I put out the, the pick of Thaddeus Moss over 94 and a half on Twitter, uh, there was someone that, uh, asked that question as well to me and said, why would they invite him? Uh, why would it be an over? And the answer to that is Randy Moss is his father. And just because of name recognition right now, Thaddeus Moss over 94 and a half is the play. Uh, he is just, it's name recognition at this point. The guy could not compete in the combine. Uh, he couldn't run. He, He had an injury. Uh, He's a, I saw different spots where people said he was a good blocker. Another spot said he was a bad blocker. Uh, he is not being mocked in the top uh, 94 anywhere. And I'm going to double-check right now, but I don't even think Der- Daniel Jeremiah had him in his top 50, uh, which is pretty insane in its own right there. What's your thoughts on Moss?
1: I agree with you. It's just name recognition. It's nice because he has been a big supporter of the NFL draft, and they've been at this for at my entire life. So it's a cool little father son moment, but I think he's about to be embarrassed. You said you took over 94.5. I really like that bet. I would make another large bet, but I don't have access to that here in the state of Indiana. If I did, I would have already hit it. So the problem with Moss is off grinding the mocks by Benjamin Robinson, and I can tweet this out if you guys want it. All the drafts have him as in the pick 130, 140 theory. That's round four area. And at that number, that's still later round three. Moss only blocks well, and that's what I've seen too. I haven't seen the poor blocking. But the problem was, he didn't do much catching. Yes, I know Justin Jefferson is going to go around and Next year, Jafar Chase is going to be a high end receiver. But think of the LSU offense. They were constantly throwing the ball. And if you're not catching that many balls in the LSU offense, I'm just concerned his hands aren't that good. According to PFF, Moss was on the field for 471 passes. Plays last year, or my apologies, on the field for 471 plays. Well, he didn't have that many catches, so I just have concerns about him. But this is all name recognition to me. I love the over. My apologies, I don't like using love in this business. I really like
0: the over here. Thoroughly enjoy the over. Hey, what about speaking of love? What is uh, your belief on tight ends in the first round? DraftKings has a plus 550 right now.
1: Yeah. So, to the listeners, I looked at that this morning. That was on DraftKings. There's some schemes saying Cole Kement is going to go round one. I think that's laughable just because the tight end class is so weak, and Cole Kement is really not that good, especially because if you're picking round one, there's going to be some real value there in some of these other positions. I think you need a relatively respectable tight end in the late second round, early third round. I do have a bias, I should tell you. I took Cole Kement over, I believe, 44.5, like a dollar twenty, about three weeks ago. And I know Hitman hit it too. But I just took it. I've played for a very small piece of bet, roughly five and a half to one odds if somebody does go around one. So it's not that big a deal if I lose. It just seems like steam right now. And I know Jerry and Jeremiah saying you might have a tight end go around one. I saw, I believe it's Chris Sims or Phil Sims. It was one of the Sims saying he thinks Coco is going to go really, really high, but I don't have much respect for him. I don't see why a tight end would go round one. These tight ends are just very ugly. Especially because you can wait until round three or later and get a respectable tight end. Yeah. And I, I, Adam, Adam, I think his name is Adam Tateman, Adam Taltman, yeah. the dating kid.
0: Yeah, there, there, there was a uh, talk about like four tight ends that were all in the same field. And for whatever reason, Cole Komet was getting a lot of love in the books. And it's funny that Daniel Jeremiah mentioned that on Path of the Draft the other night. And it perked my ears up. And I, I certainly have uh, sprinkled a little bit on him to take go in the first round as well. Uh, number of offensive linemen in round one. DraftKings at, is at 6.5 minus 155. Uh What's your thoughts on this? This is originally was posted at 5.5. is now at 6.5 and, and, and heavily juiced to the over.
1: I know for about a week or so ago, before we recorded this, you could have had over 5.5 or like my, minus 280. I absolutely really like that prize. I would have laid so much money to make a little. Even at 6.5, I think I'm going to go ahead it again. I hit this number over 6.5, plus 130 two weeks ago, I think. Wow. It's all starting to blend together for me. But the problem is, we have these top four offensive tackles. That's a 4-4. Caesar Ruiz, the center from Michigan, is rumored to go round one. Er, There's a Cleveland, the offensive tackle. Isaiah Wilson, another tackle from Georgia. I have seen one other lineman who I'm drawing a blank on. My, my boy Boston. Austin. Josh Jones. I, Josh. I think that's the name of the offensive tackle yeah. out of Houston. And Austin Jackson. Yeah, That's another five possible guys. And my guess is probably... Three or four of those guys that just made end up going around one. But at six and a half, So I think the floor is seven at a minimum. So I would actually encourage you guys to lay the price here at minus 155.
0: Yeah, I looked all over for over five and a half for uh, a couple days. That was one of my biggest regrets was not hitting that the over at five and a half. I did grab it last night. I laid the extra vig just because I, I wanted a piece of it. I, I strongly feel that it's going to be at least seven uh, offensive linemen taken for sure. Uh, Jamal Adams there's been a lot of talk about him being traded from the Jets uh, is that actually going to happen is it going to happen during the draft and to what team
1: I have seen that a lot too so let's look at the Jets perspective first that team has a terrible as probably, you would probably say bottom 5 bottom 8 roster that team has a lot of holes Jamal Adams wants to get paid he is I think he's a good player and if you're relatively looking for a staking, and you think you're a Super Bowl contender I would probably play him just because you can get that one or two years out of him. If you're going to trade for Jamal Adams, the Cowboys I know were very high on him for a while there. I think it was in mid-March they wanted him. I know the Cowboys just wanted him at some point. Outside of the Cowboys, I don't know who would trade for him. Because you have to have the cap room for him because this is his last year on a rookie deal and he wants paid. I'd say maybe the Cowboys, but for the Cowboys, they have issues too. But I know Joe Douglas, who is relatively viewed as respectable in the NFL community as a GM, he's going to be looking to get more picks. There's just too many holes. I would try to trade him, but I don't know if anybody's going
0: to take him or not. Now, the uh, there, a lot of mocks have been uh, mocking Xavier McKinney to the Cowboys at 17 there. Uh, do you think 17 would be too high for Jamal Adams because of the contract that comes with it, and you'd be losing that aspect of it?
1: No. If you're the Cowboys, or if you're the Jets and you want Jamal Adams and you're the Cowboys and you're willing to trade for him, I would
0: ask for a first and second. First and second. Wow. Hey, listen, he's incredible. He's
1: relatively viewed as a top 10 player in the NFL, and I think he's very good, in my personal opinion. But just that asking prize, you're going to be asking too much. I would trade him for a first round alone, but you always got to agree with trading players and try to get as much as possible.
0: Now, speaking of trading, there, there is a team that has a lot of assets. We mentioned them earlier a little bit. The Las Vegas Raiders, what are they going to do? Uh, cornerback, wide receiver. I, I mentioned earlier about potentially with Tua, if he starts sliding down, that maybe the Raiders trade up for him. Uh, where, what are they going to do here? They're moving to a new stadium. They're moving to a new city. Uh, what's going to happen with Gruden?
1: If you would have asked me this question probably about three, four, five, six days ago, I'd know, like, oh, Steve, they're taking a wide receiver. Easily round one. I don't know anymore. So all the Macs had the Raiders either taking Judy or Lamb. And I thought it was going to be CD Lamb. The problem is the Raiders really need a corner. And I'm not sure how many of you listeners have been paying attention, but that CJ Henderson rumor has really gone up. And now his draft stock went from 16.5 over under pick down to 12.5. So if we're the Raiders, and let's say Henderson is sitting there at 12 or one of these receivers. I would assume you are have to take the corner here because I know the top two corners this year are so much more further ahead than cornerbacks 3, 4, 5. Whereas in the receivers, you can get a really good receiver later in the round. I think they're going to take Henderson if you want Henderson. And I know the Falcons are rumored for Henderson, so now they have to jump the Raiders. Or the Raiders could take A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell has been driving some of these markets up. I keep seeing people saying if he's there by pick 19, they're going to be a little surprised. I don't think AJ Terrell is that special, but we know Mike Mayock really likes his Clemson guys. Last year alone, in his first draft, there was four Clemson guys, and he wants leadership, and he likes these Clemson guys, and that's why he drafted four, even though he butchered the fourth overall pick. So for the Raiders, what do you believe in? Do you like Henderson that much, or do you think AJ Terrell at 19? So I'll go with CJ Henderson, assuming he's there, but if he's gone by pick 12, it's easier easy, they're going to take a wide receiver.
0: A couple things there. Number one, I have a, a under 16.5 C.J. Henderson ticket. I have an A.J. Terrell first-round ticket. So you made me very happy talking about those two things right there. Uh, currently, C.J. Henderson is, is market-priced at 12.5, juice to the over, uh, heavy juice to the over. But that really is a 12.5 spot, man. That 12 right there is looking juicy. Also, there's been some talk, you know, I don't know how credible, that the Jags are looking at him at 9 as well. Uh, you know, we've been talking for a while here. Is there anything here, you know, I, I know that you're a huge Colt fan. Is there any draft pop that you could give out to people that you feel comfortable with um, about what the Colts are gonna do?
1: There is a draft pop. I've only seen those on FanDuel so far. They asked the question of who will the Colts take with their first pick. It doesn't matter what the pick at and what round, it's just who they're gonna draft first. They are offering Michael Pittman Junior right now thirteen to one. I hit it at twenty two to one. Ballard wants a big physical receiver. His two little guys, P.Y. Hill and Paris Campbell, could not stay healthy last year. And if you're the Colts and you can you get Pittman by trading down in the second round some more, i think say thirteen got 13-1. I'd take a little pizza bet.
0: What is their second-round pick? What number is it?
1: So they have the, I'm going to say 34th. It's the 34th wow. pick. Okay. I also just read today that Ballard loves to trade down, and that agrees with their thing he's done the last few years. So if he can trade down and still get a high-end wide receiver, one of these big guys, like a Michael Pittman Jr., Sonol, I believe I said that name right, the wide receiver out of Colorado, mm-hmm. or, unfortunately, T. Higgins, who I do not like at all, I think he's going to end up ultimately trading down. He wants a big, physical guy. And yep. he definitely punches S, but Devin Funches also got hurt last year.
0: Now talk about a name that has been sliding. We did not mention T. Higgins. Why? What was your problem with him. Obviously that he's been sliding right out of the first round in every mock. Uh, his numbers have gone through the roof when it comes to uh, all the books. But what is your personal opinion on him? Why is he sliding so much?
1: Uh, he, I mean, that ACC competition has been terrible. He is not really played any good. He didn't really to me show up in those bigger games. I thought it was just because he was there on Clemson and they just played terrible people. Speaking of T. Higgins... <laughs> If you go to Bet NGM a couple days ago, I believe they were offering T Higgins you, to go around two through seven at dollar $1.30. I, I think he's going around two because I, I just, I just had this thing against him. I think it started with Hitman, who also doesn't like him. It's just I have some serious concerns with them.
0: I think he ran, what, a 4-5, a 40 in the combine? And, you know, that's not separating yourself. I mean, maybe if that's the expectation, but if there's such a large group of receivers and you're not exactly the biggest, although he can't go up and compete for the balls, if you can't run particularly fast, you're not separating yourself. Henry Ruggs is you know, potentially top 15 pick in the NFL draft because of his speed, not because of anything else that he does. And there's nothing that is separating Higgins from the rest of the pack in my eyes. And I think that's part of the reason why he's dropping probably to the second round, which is, I do like that play that you mentioned. I did take it. um, We had discussed the other day. I certainly jumped on that uh, as well. Uh, Dan, I I cannot thank you for coming on today, man. I know there's a ton of draft prep going on. There's uh, probably a ton of stuff that we missed on Twitter, so I'm sure we'll be going refreshing our pages here to see if there's anything actionable. Um, And they can find you at DanRivera228 on Twitter, is that correct?
1: That's correct. I do post a lot of stuff on Twitter, so if you guys want to turn my retweets off, I do a lot of retweeting because I don't have anything interesting myself for the most part. I try to put out anything related to the NFL, you know, film, analysis. Is anybody I find interesting? But yes, Dan Rivera, at
0: Twitter. I think that's a valuable point, though. Is you know a lot of this stuff right now is uh, weeding through all the mess that's out there and finding the people that are valuable. If you can find the information and find the people that you can trust, this is what's actionable about this. There are so many people that have drafts out there, but if you can find those people that know what they're talking about, that are connected. That's where you can make the money, and that's, you know, you've been tweeting that out on on Twitter all the time, uh, retweeting those kind of things that we can take actionable information. So that's certainly, uh, you are a great follow, and I've been following you for a while here, and thank you for coming on the program today, Dan. Alrighty, huge thank you to Dan Rivera for coming on the show today. He is at Dan Rivera 228 on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Also, we had a podcast that premiered the other day too with The Hitman. Make sure you're giving him a follow and also checking out that podcast as well. Uh, we're going to be putting more information out on Twitter and on our website. We're only two days away, so this is really when the information starts flowing. Uh, we're going to be weeding through all that nonsense that we don't need to know to find the gems and actionable intel that we can actually go and bet. So make sure you give us a follow at avoidthevig.com. Uh, at avoid The VIG on Twitter and check out our website, avoidthevig.com. Good luck, everybody, on the NFL draft and uh, good luck avoiding the VIG.